What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to Weekend at Hernies, your favorite Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined always by Chase Pletcher. What's going on, Chase? Pretty good. You know, I'm just nothing much, man. Just chilling, ready to talk some Panthers football after a, after a, a bit of a hiatus for us. You know, things got a little crazy. We got a little lazy. It is what it is. Um, life happens. You know, unfortunately, we don't do this podcast shit full time. So there are other things we each have to do in life that come up. Yeah, true, true. It's definitely been a minute. Uh, well, really, it was kind of just like the holidays and then just a whole slew of things kind of teed up. We had the bye week. So things kind of just added up on us. It's been a minute, but we are back and we've got a, a whole lot of news we missed out on. A whole lot of things have happened since the last time we, uh, we linked up. Yeah, and the very first and the most notable, because it relates directly to this podcast, is... We might be need to look for a new name. Um, yes. Herney, obviously gone. Um, about time. Wish we never would have had to make this name in the first place. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's gone. I, I don't know what we're going to do with the name now. I mean, I guess we Hallelujah. can keep it. It's kind of clever. It's really clever, actually. Yeah, gone again. Well, yeah, we'll have to, I mean, we'll have to think about it. We'll have to ask the whoever's listening if they, if they want us to keep it. Or maybe we need to play it on whoever the new GM is. But... Yeah. Definitely something, you know, it's, it's going to be a sad retirement. Yeah, I mean, in a way it's not sad, but like, you know, <laughs> in another way it is sad. Because we did. Yeah, no, I don't it, think anyone, yeah, I don't think anyone is, is sad to see that Marty Herney is now gone for the second time, so. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I genuinely wonder, are there any fans out there that like stand Herney? Because I feel like even with the most unpopular or even with the most popular of moves, there's always like like with the Jags this year. There's gonna be some Jags fan that like does that whole, ah, well, you know, I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do wonder if we kind of had that with Herney, if there's like a big Herney stand out there, no matter how yeah. obviously the like obvious the move needed to be made was. There can't possibly be. <laughs> yeah, I would think not. I would hope not. Yeah, no, no way. But let's jump into some other stuff. Um. The Panthers staff is going to the Senior Bowl. That's they seem like a pretty obvious choice with uh with this group. Uh, those who will not be joining him though will be possibly Joe Brady, who is interviewing for like every head coaching job that's out there right now. Yeah, no, I mean pe- people love him. Um, I don't know if it's like the are we looking for the next McVay thing because like he's not as handsome as Sean McVay, but <laughs> um, but no, like I mean yeah, he's literally interviewed for every job. Like off the top of my head, what is it? I mean. Texans, Falcons, um, he's been linked, uh, Jets, he was linked with the Eagles since that stuff, that split just happened. So I don't, I don't think that's officially happened, mm-hmm. but like, I'd assume that will happen. So that's at least four. Um, maybe not the lions. I don't know. I'm probably missing a couple, but yeah, well, I think maybe the chargers could have been in that, but I think the Falcons have been the heaviest linked. And if he does go to the Falcons, I mean, no love for him, quite honestly. <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> mean, def- definitely not. <laughs> One and done in Carolina, where we got five wins. He gave us Teddy, like, and they just want to dip off to our rivals. That, that, no see, that's, that's the worst part of it all. It's like, in a way, like, yeah, it feels like Joe Brady's kind of jumping in line, some people. Like, oh, when you're talking about, yeah. like, deservedness, like, I get that. But at the same time, like, I, I do think his schemes and his style is very, very good. And I think that's undeniable. And it was only going to be a matter of time anyway till he became a head coach. But it's like, how much weight should we put on the fact that he was the biggest reason we got Teddy? 
Like, does that say something about his judgment? And then now he's just going to leave us with Teddy? Like, I think he should have to take Teddy with him. <laughs> yeah, we've gone, I mean, we've gone back and forth about it uh, ever since, uh, like, the rumors started circulating. And it's like, you know, like I think everyone kind of understands, like, why he is a hot name. Because, I mean, obviously we have four 1,000-yard skill weapons. But, like, I don't think any of us really think he's, like, ready to be a head coach. But everyone yeah. who's hired or interviewing him seems to think otherwise. Yeah. Head coach just seems like such a different animal that it almost mm-hmm. depends on the other people that that franchise have in place. Like, for example, you know, you might look at a guy like Mike Tomlin. No one really thinks like, oh, Mike Tomlin's specialty is this or that. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of uh, Steven Ruiz. He put this in his article where he was ranking head coaches in the playoffs. He was like, he's kind of like a CEO. Like, right. I'm, I'm sure – if he goes to the Falcons, he'll still do that, do, still do that whole McVay thing where he's the offensive coordinator, essentially. But, like, it still comes with a whole other sides of responsibility. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he could be the OC for any team in the league. But it's like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Anyway, you, you go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, even you could say that with even Rule because he's that same kind of guy like Tomlin is where he's not really, like, yeah. specialized in anything, but... He knows football, and he makes it for a good head coach. Brady yeah. has just just been good at scheming everybody open. I mean, then there's just like a lot more to be desired when it comes to like red zone offense, and you know maybe that's not his fault. His quarterback has clearly hampered him all season, but I don't know. Best of luck to him if he does take a spot, but we will have no love. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely no love. It's like I do think if he goes anywhere, I think that team is going to have to have. Like, whether it be the defensive coordinator or even just the GM directly, like, someone else is almost, in my opinion, going to have to kind of be that leadership figure there. I think that's what he mm-hmm. lacks. And that sounds so cliche, like, oh, leadership, like, because you can't really gauge it. But, like, I definitely think it's true. And it matters way more than, like, especially in football locker rooms. Yeah. For sure, I definitely agree. It will definitely probably be like an assistant head coach type of type of thing going on with whoever they else they hire with him. But let's jump on. Um, people going out. People are going to be coming in. We also lost quarterback coach Jake Peets to LSU. He's now the offensive coordinator down here, down there. We have, we got a lot of guys that are kind of kind of moving off, and it's kind of funny because I hop on like Panthers Twitter, and everybody's like, "Oh, and look at everybody jumping ship." But like, I kind of view it as a good thing. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think some of the people that are kind of talking about the jumping ship, um, most of those people are like, I mean, this is no offense because we're both still kind of like this in a way, kind of just still salty towards the Panthers, you know, a little jaded still from the whole cam thing. Like, I definitely think it's like the people that are most upset about with in regards to that stuff. I do question, I, I do, I would just be curious to know how often this happens, like what the turnover is like on an average staff, because Mm -hmm how does anybody else move up in football? Like, I mean, you look at anybody's coaching history that's ever become a head coach for the most part, they've been at like eight different places for like two or three years at a time. You just have to gradually move up one way or the other. You know, you go from grad assistant at a college to QB coach somewhere to, I don't know, like offensive court. You know, I mean, there's just so many jumps you have to make. It doesn't really seem that noteworthy that we're losing a bunch of guys. I will say the Jake Peets thing that just saves us from, the Mac Jones Jake Peets connection, though. 
Right, yeah, because that wasn't it was that honestly it came up one time already and I was like, God no, like there's no way Jake Pete's is gonna be in the room like <laughs> draft matchups. But, uh, he's 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 like the big voice, like not rule, not the GM, none of them. It's Jake Pete's he has the say in the new quarterback. Jake Pete's. No one knew his name before like last week. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree because I just feel like, uh, I mean, it seems kind of weird because maybe this just hasn't happened to us or I haven't been following as closely as I did like this year or recent years. But it's definitely something to take note of. Um, I mean, we lost the quarterback coach. I think our O-line coach as well is going on to be an offensive coordinator. Honestly, he might deserve it the most because the O-line played way above standard, I feel like. But yeah. we'll get into that a little bit. college, right? I yeah, I think everyone that. is pretty much going to colleges. Yeah. Which, which I, one I makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Because we have a pretty young staff, and all of which, most of which at least, came from the college ring. So maybe they just decided, hey, I'm going to go back and make my name in college and maybe come back up. Who knows? But Yeah. Um, Other news, I guess we got GMs coming in. I listed out all these GMs. I'm not going to name all of them because uh, – I just don't want to, <laughs> but we have a, we have a couple guys coming back for like second interviews right now. Um, 49ers vice president of player personnel, Adam Peters and the Titans director of player personnel, Monty Austin for it. I've been, uh, I've been kind of rooting for Peters. He's kind of been in my top two with uh, Brown's VP of fall ops, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. So hoping is one of those two. Hope we can get Kwesi in for a second interview. I know you told me you liked him, but Kind of have to see how it goes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, wait, before the show, I completely forgot we talked about Adam Peters. I mean, that seems like a good name. I feel like their roster construction's been pretty good. Seems like he's good. Um, We both mentioned, like, we both really would have liked Dobbs. Like, we saw those quotes about he's like, you know, playoffs aren't enough. Like, you can't ever fucking stop. Shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. But I guess he just was like, this team sucks. Because he withdrew his name from us, and then he still – he withdrew his name from us, and I think we all were kind of like, eh, you know, he's staying where he is. No. He interviewed with the Lions. I don't know what makes yeah, the Lions is, more, like, appealing. It's kind of bizarre. Us. I didn't really see anyone kind of talk about that, but, like, we definitely kind of had a few comments on it because he withdrew his name from us, and then he has an interview with the Lions, like, a day later. And it's like, obviously the Lions are definitely not as appealing as we are. And I think Ewan brought up, he was like, we're not offering a GM job. We want an accountant who they can put the blame on when things go south. And honestly, like that kind of got looked over in the chat, but I low-key feel like it might be true. <laughs> there, there definitely could be some truth to that. You know, I, I don't want to – I don't want to seem too cynical because I do think like Rule's a good coach. And like it legitimately mm-hmm. feels like we can move in the right direction here. But like Rule definitely – I mean – he is has a lot of power in that organization, right? Like, Tepper invested a lot in him. He's, like, the fifth or sixth highest-paid coach, I think. And all the other coaches around him, ab- right above and right below, have won Super Bowls. Like, we invested a lot in Rule. He's going to have a lot of say. Like, Herney for probably sure. was a puppet for most of this year. Not saying this new GM is going to be a puppet, but I definitely don't think he's going to have as much, quote-unquote, power as maybe... I don't know, like a, a Gettleman would have had, you know, like back like a few years back or something like that. Yeah, um, I could see that. I kind of just hope, like, I think everyone hopes that, like, that's probably not true. The rule has said that he doesn't want to, you know, be GM or play GM. He's a coach, whatever. But, I mean, that could just be camera talk. I mean, I think obviously 
the way this ro- this roster is structured and who he's brought in, he has plenty of say on who's coming in and whatever. I mean, they just brought Dwayne Haskins in for a visit yesterday for like no particular reason. No GM is in state yet, <clears throat> but he figures he can do yeah, that. Like- um, but I don't know. I I I just think that. <sighs> I mean, I think they're going to have, like, equal say at the end of the day. I don't think Rule is going to, like, be that much powerful than over the GM. But, I mean, that's kind of how it should be. Like, Rule should have say on his roster, you know? Like, I think you will want that anyways, but you're building a team because you will want your GM and your head coach to be on the same wavelength, uh, you know, regardless. So, I mean, if Rule wants a guy, then, you know, the GM should also want that guy, right? I mean, it doesn't work that way all the time, but, you know, for the most part, the direction is the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Like e- even like me saying rule has probably more power than, I don't know, a head coach, like, and this is an extreme example, like Jason Garrett would have had. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you're like, you know, if, if you got a more cynical attitude towards it, maybe like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just kind of how it is and how it's going to be. Just like how Tepper's gonna be a hands-on owner. Yeah, um, yeah, and that really shouldn't surprise anybody. I don't think it's even that crazy. Like, if I owned a team, I probably would want to, you know, see what the hell's going on myself. So, <laughs> at, at the very least, I'd be Mark Cuban, right? Like, at the yeah, very yeah. least, I'd have that level of involvement. Maybe not quite yeah. Jerry Jones, but at least I feel Mark like Cuban. that's where I feel like that's where Tepper is at. Is at almost like Mark Cuban level. Yeah, where people still. I mean, maybe not me, and I mean, he's like a old, rich billionaire. So, but like, where people kind of view him as like the cool guy, you know, I think like mm-hmm. that's kind of what he's going for. Yeah, for sure. I don't have a problem with it, but they definitely need to. I mean, I've seen the word like nepotism pop up with this team, and you know, we definitely want to avoid that. I know they've been looking at guys like Giants former GM Jerry Reese, and it's like, for what reason? <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, let's jump forward looking to look at uh, or i guess really jump back and look back at the season do some positional reviews if you will yeah since we missed so many weeks we figured now that the season's over we might as well just do full positional grouping recap just you know our thoughts on the season um mm-hmm. i guess we can go ahead and start with the defense if we want to start we can start with the bright assuming you think you kind of have a similar opinion as me probably the bright spot of the defense the d-line mm-hmm yeah, for sure. The D-line, I would say, played well above standard. Honestly, the whole defensive unit played well above their standard this year, D-line uh, specifically, which, I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, most people could probably expect with Brian Burns coming into his what, his second year this year, mm-hmm. um, signing or drafting Derek Brown with the first overall pick. You would expect some improvement. Rose Matos in the second round, and then, you know, you sign a couple – free agents you bring back Fayo Bada who played well and yeah you know you had a pretty solid unit young unit definitely I mean two straight first round picks on the D-line great thoughts on Brian Burns it's really I don't think it's a stretch at all to say like he's basically a future star like mm-hmm. next year he's a star a lot of stats pointed towards that he probably should have made the pro bowl etc cetera, etc cetera. Brian Burns awesome Derek Brown probably he got better as the season went on and probably performed a like overachieved a little bit like yeah, than, than sure. what we would have thought like i mean is he ever going to be Aaron Donald or maybe even like Fletcher Cox or KK probably not 
perhaps not. Um, but at the very least, it seems like he's pretty much a solidified starter. You can count on him to start for you for a long time. And yeah. that's great. For sure. I was honestly, Derek Brown surprised me when it came to like his pass rushing ability. Cause yeah. I feel like towards the end of the season, cause it, he pretty much led the league or led all rookies in pass rush. Uh, what, like QB hits or pressure, QB, pressure, either, QB pressures. Yeah. It, it was wild. I mean, he was getting a lot of interior push and I mean, that, that's kind of what you see is like, especially if he can consistently take advantage of that teams mm-hmm. are going to have to focus on burns. That's going to open things up for Brown teams. They're like, okay, let's push the interior, really focus on this. Then either burns or, or gross Matos is going to like come in hot from the court, like from the edge. So it's yeah. like, um, it's a, it's, it's a, it, it's a perfect yeah. combination. Yeah. And I mean, if gross Matos manages to, you know, really be able to stay healthy and at least just be a serviceable other side of like the edge, like, on the other side of the line. I mean, that's great. I mean, above average, average, whatever he ends up being. If he can end up being that, that's awesome. And then, I mean, F.A. actually not – like, I feel like F.A. was on the team this year not just because he was, like, the Britain guy. <laughs> like, and I, that's how I always felt like. But this yeah. year he seemed like he really, like, earned his own. Like that one year when we played in uh in the U.K., it kind of just felt like he was here for that particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this year, I mean, he came along, he had five and a half sacks, which is pretty solid, and they weren't like, you know, I'd say half of them might have been garbage time sacks, like uh, Mario Addison, he's <laughs> clowning on him, but I mean, he, he did his thing. He definitely felt like he earned a roster spot for next year. Definitely, definitely. Don't think we'll but see yeah. any of those, like, he's been cut for one day type things. Oh yeah, no, that was weird. But yeah, I love this, I love this D-line group, really young too. Um, we should have them all for, you know few more years at the very least and we should get some solid production and i think burns could be an all pro level player brown maybe as well if he can actually produce some sacks um you know it's a good solid group no absolutely i i feel i feel great about the d-line um rest of the defense you know you got the linebackers um i'd say most of it was okay let's start with Shaq. Because he's the <laughs> paid one, and the reason we don't have like one of the best corners in football, um, mm-hmm. Shaq, best way to say it, par for the course. Um, didn't really hear his name much this year. That's uh, as expected. He didn't really do much. I he wasn't fifty-two level bad, but he wasn't good. Um, I don't think he was our best linebacker either. Um, so yeah, I mean Shaq just par for the course. He was probably a little below average, m- mediocre at best. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with him. Um, although I, I do feel like he sort of came along towards uh, like the last few games of the season because I remember we would rag on him and Trey Boston a lot, and then there was like one game where I feel like it was a game where Tahir Whitehead got benched, and it seemed like the two of them had pretty much been playing with like like a fire under their ass for like that from that point on to the rest of the season. Um, so I guess maybe rule you know, put the hammer down on him, but <clears throat> I will give him that because he did, I feel like he did start to ascend upwards, but like, you know, it's not that far for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's still like, which is like pretty average, but you know, I think it's solid. I mean, obviously the money isn't good there and, you know, considering we could have had Bradbury, like that sucks, but right. it kind of just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, this time next year, I'm probably not going to still be talking about the contract. And this is 
once again, this is another extreme comparison, but it's kind of like once we got towards the end of, you know, the last couple of years of Batum's contract with the Hornets, yeah. I still didn't love him. But like at some point, I just like said, I thought I felt it is what it is in regards to the contract. You know, I feel like a year from now, anytime Shaq does something good, I'll be able to accept it for what it is without just the contract in the back of my mind. But this whole yeah, first year sure. and seeing Bradbury be so great, it um, it's of course going to stick with me. Um, because it's like I said before, when Shaq was the third linebacker, I had no reason not to love the guy. You know, oh when yeah, he's with when he's with Luke and TD, like I couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better third linebacker to have. But mm-hmm. you know, it just comes down to, I mean. It's not his fault he got the money. He didn't, like, hold a gun to their head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, anybody would have taken it. <laughs> so exactly. So, I can't be that mad yeah. at him. See, other linebackers, Jermaine Carter really came along. He that cemented his spot in that middle sense. linebacker role after uh, to hear Whitehead got benched. So, shout yeah, out that, to him. I feel like he's definitely awesome. earned a spot. Yeah. That, that was huge, really, because, one, I think it calmed a little bit of the Micah Parsons shatter which uh, never should have been a thing in the first place. Um, yeah. Especially when, okay, maybe with where we're at now, okay, if you want to talk about it, cool. When we were, like, like mocked, like, third and fourth, like, I can't imagine taking a linebacker, off-ball linebacker, no with way. the third overall pick. Yeah, like, no I just way. couldn't imagine. Um, but, no, I mean, him coming along was great. It was something I didn't see coming at all, really. No, not at all. But it was it was proper. It was it was well done for Rule to even give him the chance to like go in there and show him what he's got because he definitely proved himself. Yeah, I mean he had a bench a bench a captain to do it. I mean you've said his name a couple of times. I can't believe it, but like fifty two like sucks. And <laughs> the reason you know Dwayne Haskins sucks, season, you know, maybe you you know the reason Dwayne Haskins sucks is because he got picked off by fifty two. Damn shame. Yeah. And they want to bring him in for an interview, which I mean, you know, I kind of we didn't really talk about the whole Dwayne Haskins thing, but like, I don't know, like it doesn't obviously I don't, yeah, I I don't want it to happen, but like I can see like why they would think that it could be a good idea, you know, for yeah. potential first round talent, you get them dirt cheap, you know, maybe you can actually get that first round talent out out of them, and you know that's your quarterback. But I feel like that's something a team like Pittsburgh or like Indianapolis should do. You know, teams with like old ass quarterbacks. Exactly. And it's like, all right, they're picking late in the draft. They're not going to have a chance at Fields or Wilson or Trey Lance. And it's like, let's hell, let's give Dwayne Askins a shot. And you know, maybe it works out. You yeah. know, for us, I just don't think that's right. <laughs> no, no, not not at all. Um, it's one of those things. Hold on, <coughs> I don't have COVID, but um. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was more so making jokes about it than anything because it was convenient and funny. You know, some people yeah. were legitimately, like, pissed about it. Um, like, I, like, I'm done with this team after. Like, I don't feel like that because, like you said, what's the worst that could happen, right? And so I'm not mad about it. I just disagree with it because I just don't think he's good. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of – I actually think he's a little bit better than this guy, but – it's kind of like the Josh Rosen thing. Like I have no sympathy for Josh Rosen, really. That's not I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just he I mean like he he was so bad that the Dolphins didn't care about winning games and they didn't still didn't want to play him. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like kind of like that with Haskins. Like I just don't care to see anything more from him. I don't that whole draft class outside of Kyler, I couldn't have cared less about in the first place. Um mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of like 
I don't know. I mean, besides the fact that he, I, I don't even think he has a strong arm, which is why I see people saying like, I think his arm is probably like average, maybe slightly above average, but he's not athletic. He can't read a defense. He's not particularly accurate. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't care that much, but if they want to sign him or do whatever, like it's fine. Like, it's not like they're just going to let him start, even if he keeps sucking. You know what I mean? Like them signing yeah, him doesn't right. guarantee he starts. Even though signing him, I'd still probably say it's a ten percent chance he ever starts a game for us. Yeah. Oh, well, I think like the main fear with people is that they think that signing Haskins means no longer drafting a quarterback. Now that's like that's definitely like a potential like indirect cause, like worry of it for me. I'm just trying yeah. to like I, I want to I'm gonna trust Rule and everyone in the building that they know what they need until they show me that they don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's no way that they could literally play Haskins, be the reason he gets cut, um, and then think that being sitting there eight and say you have the option of both Zach Wilson and Trey Lance on the table, and you think that Haskins, who was literally dog shit against your team, is an okay reason not to take those two guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no exactly. No possible like, way. N- no way. And like one thing I do want to say is if. Dwayne Haskins was in this draft class and like people can say this is like rewriting the history books whatever there's like he would at best be quarterback six in this draft class like he would not be mm. people would have Mac <laughs> Jones ahead of him like I see like he was good in college don't get me wrong he had like the 50 touchdowns and all that but like yeah, yeah. look back at that draft class like it was Kyler and then I mean of course Minshew and Locke end up like you know having some time as a starter but like Daniel Jones people clown them for even taking him at six and then Haskins, yeah. like, I just didn't even know that much about him, I guess. Like, in my opinion, Haskins would be, like, QB6 if, like, you're looking at him as a college prospect. Yeah, well, people would definitely have Mac Jones ahead of him because some people put in Mac Jones at two. <laughs> yeah, which crazy to me. Not, not saying – it's like one of those things where I'm not saying Mac okay. Jones can't be good, but I think his situation was so good that, like, I just can't put stock into that quite like i can't put my faith on that yet that's not his fault but you know yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird because people were saying that with like uh with trey lawrence as well like oh like it's not impressive he's like you know on this really good team so like i'm not impressed but it's like with trevor he's like the best player on the best team like with mac he's obviously not the best player on the best (laughs) team so like i don't know it's like just it's weird (laughs) I also think some people are going to, like, keep in mind, like, Tua a little bit. Like, you know, like, Tua had so much hype. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not out on Tua or anything. But, like, I could – I would confidently say, like, at least Herbert. At the very least, Herbert's probably going to end up being better, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, you know, like, I definitely think people almost might be wary in a way because people are probably a little more down on Tua than they should be. And I think it's kind of one of those things people are like – well, is this just like the same thing? They were both just really good with a really good team, but weren't the best players. So uh, I don't know how we got sidetracked on Mac Jones because we were talking about Haskins, but like that's kind of the point I wanted to make with like Haskins is like I still don't even think people would have him rated above Mac Jones. Yeah, no, I mean I'll probably agree with that. But um, let's get back on track. Where are we at? You're talking about linebackers. <laughs> good lord, that was such a <laughs> sidetrack. But yeah, so we're done with linebackers. Let's go into the secondary. You know, like the biggest and most noteworthy that we've talked about all year, Jeremy Chin. Um, I mm-hmm. guess he's not just like like in locked into the secondary, but like he's a safety, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, we should have had like 
he should add his own section. <laughs> really? Yeah, like hybrid. Um. Yeah. But uh, secondary, I mean, overall as a unit, they I would say they impressed me because I feel like going into the season, I think all of us thought that pretty much everybody who was capable of throwing the ball would probably have like 400 yards on us and drop like 35 just, just from that. But Razul Douglas, Dante Jackson, Chin, Justin Burris, who about Sam Franklin, Boston? I mean, you know, they... they- they could have been worse. Yeah, somehow they they were okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like the best way for me to describe it, I actually I think they were, especially as the year got went on, I think they were decent at coverage. Just still, none of them can tackle to save their life. But oh, I think yeah, covering yeah. wise, they improved. Like as the year went on, or maybe just overachieved as a whole, they just still can't tackle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, I, I still would say like we probably could still use like you know that lockdown corner. I don't know. Oh, if, absolutely. <laughs> I never really like examined like how these guys did like in one on one coverage or whatever. But you know, I was never really too mad at anybody. So I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, like I I don't know if I've even said this. So if we don't get quarterback in the draft, which would be a tragedy, um, I would like a cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know like one of those main two guys. Um, so that that's probably my take. Like we definitely can still use one, but I really do like legitimately think the secondary could have been worse. Dante Jackson. I've been as low on him as anybody. Um, even like midway through the year, he was still, he was still doing that thing where he has like one bad play at the start of the game. And suddenly his ankle hurts. Suddenly his shoulder, yeah. hurts, something like that. But he actually improved a lot as the year went on. He like, he actually probably, played better to finish the year than he did at all in his rookie year when people loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trey Boston just sucks. Um, <laughs> Trey, I mean, Chin was good. Um, don't shoot the messenger. He was probably slightly overrated by Panthers fans. Slightly. Yeah. Don't mean that in a bad way. Like he was a second round pick from an FCS school. We literally couldn't have asked him more. I definitely just think he had some flaws that people ignored. But he was still great, and it makes me super excited for the future. Yeah, no, he um, kind of like you know how you used to say like Dante would have those big splash plays and like the the bad plays nobody would pay attention to. Yeah, that was kind of exactly. like Chin on like roids, whereas like the bad plays like weren't nearly as as noticeable or as like agitating. But like I mean, like they're definitely there. Like we're talking about a guy who literally led the team in tackle as a rookie, and yeah. as you said, is from an FCS school. I don't even know what school he came from. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah, no, like, I, I can't be too mad. Like, I think it was Billy that said it. He was like, he, like, kind of mentioned several points that, like, I just brought up. He was like, Chin just simply wasn't the defensive rookie of the year, and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, we hope he can progress some. But, like, hell, even if he didn't progress at all, at the very least, that's, like, starter caliber. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing wrong with him. I think he'll be fine. Um, obviously, we would definitely want to see improvements going into next year, but for now, I think everyone could be happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, we knew this defense was going to suck. Like, and this was the point I kept reiterating when the offense really started to hit its roadblock was everyone knew the defense was going to suck. Nobody thought the defense was going to be good. Hell, people even wanted Phil Snow fired, which midway through the year, which is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and, no. 
And I'm like, how can you act surprised when the defense is bad? Like, you know it's going to be bad, and the, all the hype was the offense can make up for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, when why, when the offense doesn't make up for it, are you going to pull out the defense card? Like, yeah. we already knew it was going to suck. We're holding teams to, like, 24, 21 points, and the offense just, like, can't seem to get can, – can't even match that. It's just – and people are calling for his job. That was, that was the moment. most crazy thing, seriously. Like, people were literally saying Phil Snow should be fired. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we lost – we just lost by one to the Chiefs. <laughs> fired? Dude, no, people are crazy. But overall, as a defensive unit – um. Pretty good. I think there's a lot to look forward to going into next year. We got a lot of young potential stars, some that are already stars. Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, you could probably consider them to be stars already as far as like a, you know, media presence is concerned. Yeah. Derek Brown, Gross Matos could potentially get to that level. Um, Jermaine Carter showed a lot of flashes. Brazil Douglas might be good. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, pretty solid. If I had to grade him, I'd give him like a like a B minus or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like I don't like we have to think about like perception and for our standards when we're giving these grades. So like when I say Panthers is like defense B minus, that doesn't mean I think they were above average compared to the rest of the league. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think they did above what I probably expected them to do because mm-hmm. they had some really good individual moments like that second half against the Packers. I'm not going to lie to you, Steve, though. Like, that was Saturday night game. I was, like, super drunk. Like, like <laughs> we, we went to the bar before that, and I probably had, like, seven or eight shots in, like, a 40-minute span. And then we went, came back to my apartment and, like, watched the game. So, like, I'm not going to pretend, like, my – that's the game I, like, remember the least of. Mm-hmm. But the defense was crazy in the second half because, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers so much. And, like, this man – they did nothing in the second half. They had like they 30 yards in the second half. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, they showed up against big-time players. Rodgers, Mahomes, Taylor Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> like, the best way to say it is, like, they could have been worse. Like, yeah. they, I, I really will say above average. I'll say B-minus as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we both agree on that. They were they were solid. Um, moving on to the offense, uh, which I feel like – I feel like me and you were probably going to be on the same page, but definitely yeah. not as good as the defense was when it comes to like perception, uh, yeah, perception, Ex- expectation, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, the one part of not the one actually, there were multiple parts that I was very impressed with. Super impressed. The most unexpected expected group on the entire team that I was impressed with was the O line. Um. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't want to just credit the O-line because some of them boys are still trash. Like, <laughs> how does, like some of them still suck. Um, but, you know, I mean, because you, you want to think about Teddy gets the ball out quick, Joe Brady scheme. But still, Taylor Moten, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. He, this Stud. is his best year yet, and he was great in 2018. Stud, yeah. Taylor Moten, absolute stud. We've been saying it all year. If he doesn't get re-signed, then – Somebody probably needs to be fired. I guess Herding has already been fired, so I don't know. But (laughs) but as far as the rest of them goes, um, I mean, that interior line, they held up, you know, fairly well. I probably still couldn't even name those guys. I mean, Matt Paradise, John Miller, maybe. Who plays left guard? (laughs) I always forget his name. Was it that, like, (laughs) 
it starts with like his last name's like S C H, maybe. I don't am think I, that's am, right. Am, am I tripping right now? We're really far removed from the last game we played, so like, please forgive us if we don't remember like some terrible left guard. No, um, it's good. It's good. Bother me. Keep talking. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to figure this out. Hold on. Panthers roster. God, I feel like such a noob. <laughs> you guys have a podcast. Let me know what you're talking about. Dude. Yeah, no. Like, and see, but the thing is, it's going to be one of those like founding fathers' names, and I just forgot which founding father it was. Oh, Chris Reed. Okay, but we so did have Michael. We did have Michael Schofield, who was the backup. Schofield. That's what I was thinking of. Sch. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to but keep then, saying Schneider, but like. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shuffle over there too, though, because they, like Daly will play over there, but he got put on IR. I think they tried to move Greg Little in there. He sucked. IR. Quotation marks IR for Greg Little. <laughs> Greg, my head hurts, Little. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, well, Schofield played left tackle, I guess, at the end of the season because Bitcoin Okung decided <laughs> that he was done, I guess. I don't, I'm not too sure what his deal is. But, but, yeah, I mean, those boys, John Miller, Chris Reed, Schofield, I mean, they're pretty, they did a halfway decent job in there. Um, I mean, you would see a lot of people blame the O-line, like, for why, like, you know, for te- Teddy Truthers would say, like, the O-line needs to be better, which, you know, it does, but it really just wasn't even that bad. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a middle ground there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know what, why, like, I mean, there were bad individual moments with the O-line, but, like, it was nowhere near as bad as we expected it to be, mm-hmm. considering last year they set a franchise record for sacks given up. And like we said, a lot of parts of sex is a QB stat. Teddy is better at that than Kyle Allen. Um, but like clearly, our some people saw something in our O line if our O line coach is moving on to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, right. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Which I, I mean, like I said, I feel like it's kind of deserved because they played pretty well above standard. If he can call plays, I mean, shit. I don't see why not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. See, I, I guess like moving on from O line. I mean, like I will say, O line will take a big hit if Moten's gone. Like it's oh, so, yeah. it's invaluable to have a tackle that like is just not going to give up a pressure. Like, it's if just they, invaluable. If they lose Moten, I'm not even too sure what they could really even do because it's like, cause, I mean, Moten should get a big payday, but I mean, I feel like we may have some slight leverage not to really like pay him as a top tackle, you know? So it's like, if we can't even do that, then like, like what the hell are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're more likely to have leverage with a position like O-line. Like I guess, you know, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, like a receiver, like, like Alan Robinson, like the bears have no leverage there. Um, Mm -hmm. but like with, with, with Moten, you know, I mean the, especially in the trenches, that's a little bit more of like a less flashy position. So like people aren't saying free Taylor Moten all day on Twitter. Um, yeah, right. That phrase has probably never been said at all, actually. And uh-huh. um, so it's like right one of those. Tackle. Yeah. So it's, so yeah, it's and, like, and, I mean, we're, so it's like. He's also not when, blind uh, side for most people. Yeah. So like, remember when um, we had like the whole Daryl Williams thing and like he somehow made all pro like, and he was just trash, but like Moten has been damn near all pro level and is still not getting recognition. So it's not like whoever's voting for all pro, which actually slightly matters. Like they don't even notice them. Exactly. Like I'm sure all those O-line gurus and I, he was noticed a lot. You know, PFF tweet about him some. Well, yeah, 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 for sure. But but it's like, like you said, like I definitely think we have 
probably a little more leverage with him than we could have with like any other position. Because mm-hmm. Olan's just one of those, you know, you talk about him as a group. They're not flashy. So he doesn't get on his Twitter account and see it, like photoshops of him in a 49ers jersey. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> For sure. But um, <laughs> That would be the day, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah, so we can hope that Melvin gets re-signed and we got to plug up those guard spots. I don't think Chris Reed and John Miller are going to cut it out for the foreseeable future and obviously left tackle. I think in a perfect world we go, this is a pretty like tackle deep class. So if we can get one of those guys to jump to us early second round and like that'd be spot on. Assuming we go quarterback in the first, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on. We can hit the skill position groups, uh, running backs and receivers. Um, McCaffrey in a, was on vacation all year, so I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he, he was doing photo shoots. Yeah, <laughs> all, all credit to him. But I mean, I think as far as the receivers and and running backs go, receivers I would say probably performed up to expectation for us. Maybe even a little bit above um, running backs, barring McCaffrey, obviously, like Mike Davis, uh, Ronnie Smith, uh, Bonifon when he was healthy. I would say they were all pretty well above standard. I don't think anyone really expected those guys to perform like they did, but you know, pretty solid all around. I'll say from the skill guys. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I do want to say is, um, he, I mean, Mike Davis, that was like great. Like it was a blessing. Like I'm happy for him. He's going to get money somehow, whether it's from us or anybody, mm-hmm. uh, especially after hearing him talk about like his dad and all that. Like it was really cool. A really cool story. One of the better, like feel good stories for us this year. Um, People definitely also, though, shouldn't pretend like he is as good as McCaffrey. Um, If you want to talk about, like, money-wise, value-wise, then we can have the argument. But, like, people, like, I mean, he just wasn't, he is very clear, like, Christian is a very much better player. And I think some people kind of lied to themselves, like, oh, we don't, like, need him after all. Um, I don't mind Christian just taking the year off after those initial injuries, because even though I think the contract sucks, if there's going to be any hope that he lives up to it, he might as well just fully recover right now. Yeah. I mean, I think we were both saying uh, the last time we even did a podcast that, because I feel like that's when he was questioning coming back, uh, coming back. And we were like, yeah, you know, he won't do this, but probably sit out the year. And that's ultimately ended up what ended up happening. So, yeah. But, yeah, no. I mean, that, there was like whole Mike Davis combo, if he's better or not. He's not better than him. But he, at the very least, if we didn't have Christian on the roster and, like, I would be okay with him being the starter, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, I think I will say he he have to they he'd really have to work on a couple things. He's fine as a receiving back. Well, you know, like he could be much worse with that. I think his blocking, if I remember correctly, oh, yeah, sucks, yeah, yeah. sucks though. Um but like uh, if we use like a platoon at running back, like, you know, if, if Christian, God forbid, got traded, I mean I wouldn't be that upset. Like, you know, if it was Mike Davis and then a couple other okay guys. Mm-hmm. But, like, God like really, like... God forbid he gets traded. God forbid he got traded for, you know... You don't want a, him going? The third best quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> God, now, I, I, I don't... Like, he, he's not going to get traded. Like, I just don't think he will. Yeah, I really, like... Happen. Christian is an amazing player. It's literally just the contract when it comes to him. But unlike Shaq, mm-hmm. he's capable of having like the star moments to where it's like, it's not just going to annoy me for the rest of my life. It's just yeah, kind of going to be sure. one of those, eh, we told you so type things. Mm-hmm. I think people bring it up in terms of like trading up and sending him to like Miami or New York to get a quarterback or something, which yeah. 
you know, I might be cool with if, you know, you catch me on the right day, but you know, it's a conversation for later. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes. And then for the receivers, like, you know, Christian, not Christian, Curtis, (laughs) Curtis, Robbie and DJ, like they were all great. Um, Mm-hmm. Robbie, Amazing. Robbie's Robbie's production dip definitely as the year waned on. Um, part of that had to do with like it re- got replaced with DJ and Curtis's production going up because there's only one ball to throw around. Um, right. Some of Robbie's route trees I didn't love. He even said it himself. They didn't use him in the deep game probably as much as he would have liked. Um, which I feel like is you know fairly obvious considering who's throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like. I, I, DJ really impressed me. Like I will say, I was never one of those like crazy DJ haters, but I was like definitely never foresaw him being as good at running routes on the outside and getting open deep and catching passes deep as as, as he's been at that. I know I didn't really see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. He's amazing at jump balls. Like he's definitely our best jump ball receiver. I think he's a guy, even though he's still smaller in stature, I still think he's a guy you can use as a quote unquote big body in the red zone, which has mm-hmm. been a gripe for why some of the red zone struggles have been is because we don't have like a big body receiver. I seriously think you can use DJ kind of like one because he's that good at jump balls and he's that strong. Yeah. Kind of like Smitty light, you know, <laughs> really like, I mean, maybe Smitty was onto something like, I still don't think he's the guy I would prefer running most of the go routes. I would still prefer Curtis or Robbie doing that. Oh, yeah. um, but it but works. Like I said, right? like the- he's capable. Yeah, he, he like he's capable and like it's working, especially when your quarterback typically underthrows them. Having a guy as strong as him to fight through the contact, I mean, maybe that's why they were doing it. They're like, well, they're not going to get you know, like Curtis and Robbie aren't going to get hit in stride. We might as well throw our stronger and better jump ball guy out there on the go routes. That seems like a ballsy way to go about it, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I would have to agree with all of that. Um, I think Robbie. You know, decline it isn't like too surprising. I remember we were talking earlier in the year. We were like, someone was saying like he's on pace for like like sixteen hundred yards or something crazy. And yeah, was like, it, it, yeah, it was like, your brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My brother said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, like that's obviously not going to happen. But he'll definitely hit a thousand, which he did. He like just got over that mark somehow. But um, yeah. I mean, all those guys. Curtis really. I mean, we were just talking about paying Moten. Curtis, I feel like really played himself out of a contract and he didn't even like put up like statistical numbers like that. I mean, I mean, he had 851 yards as a, you know, third receiver. And obviously he had a thousand total yards, which is still good. But like, I mean, it got to the point where we were watching broadcasts and like the announcers are like, Oh, Curtis Samuel, that's the guy right there. You know? And it's like, shit, like he's not coming back. (laughs) He started getting talked about like how like we talk about him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it sucks. Like, all right. So if you could only pay one between Curtis and Moten, who would you choose? I mean, it would have to be Moten. Cause I mean, I, we already I, have a, we already have a luxury at receiver, right? And mm-hmm. you know, a line is important. No, I, I completely agree. And like, you know, how near and dear Curtis is to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and got that but, like, Jersey. <laughs> I, I, I got that signed Jersey. Like, I literally think they chose me because like, like my, my Curtis fandom runs deep. <laughs> um, like there's no way that was just a random drawing. Like yeah, there's just right. no way. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I have to choose Moten because here's the thing. Our O-line, I'd probably say if I had to rank them in relativity to the league, we're probably a little below average. Like we're probably around like t- 20, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, 
our receiving core, at least top five. Um, yeah. You lose Curtis, and say you replace him with like a like a below, right below league average type player, which is simply how they gauge those like wins above replacement things. Typically, replacement is like minus two wins. Um, like a replace. Say you all right. So you get rid of Curtis, replace him with a replacement level receiver as your third guy. Receiving core probably like goes from top five to like I don't know. You'd say maybe top ten, top dozen at worst. Yeah. Um, o line probably goes from twenty to with just a replacement level guy. Like assuming they didn't get a direct replacement in the draft, probably pushes closer to bottom five. Could um, be dead last. <laughs> or like, it pushes way lower, and so yeah, that, that's why that's why I have to go with Moten. I wish it could be both, and hell, maybe it ends up being Curtis and not Moten because you don't know how these negotiations go. But if yeah. I was the GM and I had to choose one, sadly, I'd probably have to choose Moten. Sorry, Curtis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I'm not a math guy. I just kind of feel like it could be possible to bring both back. It can't be that hard. I do it in Madden all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would agree with you more if we didn't have somebody taking up 20 million, 21 million next year and the year after that. Well, it's not going to be the year after that. Let's be real. But next year, someone taking up 21 more million when it could have just been Mr. Greer taking up the cap space at quarterback this next year, you know, yeah. could, who could have that been? I, I, don't want to name, <laughs> I don't want to name any names as we segue into talking about quarterback, but that plays a factor into why we definitely probably will not be keeping both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably so. Before we go into quarterback though, I, we didn't show any the tight ends any love if they deserve any. <laughs> um, you know, just just like in on the field this year, tight this tight end talk will basically be non-existent. Um, <laughs> not, nothing against Ian or um, what's that? Colin Thompson is that his name? We got yeah, Colin Thompson. Uh, Man hurts. Yeah, and what whoever the other white guy is, I don't know. Nah, I don't, yeah, I don't know anybody else. <laughs> no offense to any of them. I don't. I don't want to say like Ian's some bad player or whatever. I don't think, even though Teddy, we can say part of it's Teddy's fault or just the scheme in general because we had so many other good pieces, I think it's fairly obvious like our starting franchise tight ends is not on the roster. I think it's okay to say that. Yeah, I mean, Ian Thomas, who is probably a more, you would probably say, pass-catching tight end than you know yeah. any of the other tight ends on the roster. Yeah. Finished with just 20 receptions for 145 yards. So, I mean, he damn near just played like two games, basically, is what that's telling me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so like pretty insane. I mean, even, I mean, we talked about this all year. It's like, I just don't even feel like it's his fault. Like, I feel like he's okay, yeah. and I feel like he is at least a, you know, a, he second can be player. on a, yeah, he can be on a roster. He can be a second tight end, but it's like, dude, it's just getting no looks at all which is just a little bizarre, especially for a quarterback like Teddy, who, you know, checks it down a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it's probably really not his fault. I just kind of am led to believe, you know, if we had – I'm trying to have, like, a above-average tight end. Like, say we had, like, John o. Smith, you know, on mm-hmm. our roster. It's hard for me to believe he wouldn't have had, like, a lot more production than Ian, even if it wasn't, like, top level. 
So that's kind of why I'm like, well, we probably still need to at least be, get, have our eyes on a tight end. But I'm perfectly fine with like Ian being that second guy because I oh, do yeah. think he does nice things alongside, like when he was alongside Greg that little amount. Um, disclaimer, Panthers, if future GM is listening to this, I am not saying in code draft Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I was getting ready to say Kyle Pitts at eight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to no, get yeah. that one out there. I'm good. Just take. Trade for Najoku, maybe draft Brevin Jordan in the third round, whatever. I don't really care. Just don't draft that dude with the eighth overall pick. Please, God. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would not be the happiest individual in the world. Hmm. All right, let's get into quarterbacks. We're uh, we're at about 50 minutes here. So we've, we've, har- we've harked on Teddy all year. Does he deserve to be, you know, does this have to be a long segment to end the season? <laughs> <laughs> um, does, oh, man, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Um, <laughs> where to start? Um, I don't know. I do. I, I don't like to be this guy. I just want to say <laughs> three words. I told you so. Mm. I told everyone so. Many of us told everyone so. That's four words. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. I told hey, you. Keep going. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. Yeah, wow. That, apologies, everybody. Um, No, so, yeah, the thing with Teddy, I'm not even about to get into, like, just nitpicking everything. Ha, 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 only 20 touchdowns. He had less than Cam. Ha, ha, ha. If it, I'm a bigger man than that. If I was, if I was Petty, I would point out he had less touchdowns than Cam, who was playing with Make-A-Wish kids and had COVID. And, you know, wasn't wasn't with a guy whose system he apparently knew. Um, if I was, you know, if, if I was petty, I would point those things out. But I'm not. I'm not petty, so I'm not going to point those out. Um, I just want to say the main point that I made on our very first podcast right before the season was first eight weeks or so. I said, as a whole, this offense will be good. First eight weeks or so, it's going to do really good things. It's going to be very efficient. It's going to be killer. But there's going to reach a point in the season where the limitations become glaringly obvious, and no matter how good your skill positions are, no matter how good your coordinator is, no matter how good in the short game your quarterback is, NFL teams can adjust to that. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I feel like anyone who you know, was paying close attention and was saying similar things is not surprised at what happened this year. Um, the fact that we were only able to muster up five wins, you know, all of which, you know, not his fault completely, you could say, but, you know, we did have the ball in our hands with the chance to tie or take the lead at the end of games, what, eight, eight. times, maybe more. Mm-hmm. No wins out of any of those games. Um, again, you know, maybe not all his fault. But it's, yeah, not good on his end. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's certainly not. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just, you know, obviously not surprising. We all knew this was coming. We know what he is. We've been saying this all year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is a borderline starter, backup quarterback. Um, yeah, and it's just probably time to move on. Just as simple as that. Yeah, and you know, I, I think some of the people that are still really like defensive of Teddy, they're pointing out, well, everyone said we we're gonna suck before the year, so why now when we suck are you like mad at Teddy? I'm not mad at Teddy. Like I don't think 
some people's absolutely. I don't really feel like my tweet <laughs> or yours or anybody came off as if I was mad at Teddy. It's just every time he did something that was expected, I'm like, oh, yeah, he sucks. Um, sucks <laughs> is, like, obviously an over-exaggeration, right? I mean, yeah, people right. on Twitter just joke, and I think a lot of the older individuals on Panthers Twitter are not keen to these, like, just, like, jokes or, like, the, the style of humor that many of us have that are a little bit younger. Um, For sure. But – you know, I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, I, I have a feeling we were going to suck. We did suck, like, as a team. And Teddy did basically everything I expected him to do. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, people's biggest point was, so what if he's not aggressive? If Joe Brady's this good and our receivers are this good and we have Christian, why do we need to be good deep? Why is, like, the, why does that need to be a threat? Is because, like, NFL teams aren't stupid, right? Like, no matter how good every piece is, if your offense is restricted to, like, a certain part of the field, like defenses are going to adjust. Like it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And that's, that's why we're not good late game because we can't just constantly dink and dunk. Like Christian got hurt the second time because Teddy did a one yard check down from our own 15 with no timeouts left in a minute to go down one point. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's why Christian got hurt the second time. Like, why would you do that? And like, cause teams can adjust for it and plan for it after a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you said at one point that he was what, like, statistically, I don't even know how you even measure this, but the, like least the least aggressive, yeah, the least aggressive quarterback in the league. Does that still stand? Do we know? <laughs> I'm actually about to go check now. I would have to assume so. Like, there's literally no way because it's not like he did anything, at least to my eyes, to think that that would that would switch up. Right. Like this was probably like well, I'd say a little over halfway point of the year when we did this. Probably like mm-hmm. 10, 11 weeks in. Yeah. Um, about to go check now. It would definitely be interesting. Um, nope, not that. We want to do passing charts. And let's check your aggressive percentage of least aggressive. Um, uh, oh, that's staggered. Let's see here. Okay, actually, this is hilarious. Like you're, <laughs> he, he's he's the fourth least fourth least aggressive, and I promise you, you. Will never guess who the three people lower than him are. Like, I cannot think. Like, so maybe in a way this makes it sound like it's not an indictment on Teddy. But when you look at our offense and our production compared to these guys, it is an indictment. Like, let's make this clear, right? So um, the thing is, these are bad, bad quarterbacks. Like, obviously, are they good or quote unquote good? All right, here are the three. This is unbelievable. Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are the only quarterbacks that were late, had a lower aggressive percentage than Teddy. Hmm. And part of this, I'll say they all three think about how much they throw the deep ball. Yeah. I was going to say, those and, are all three guys who will take a and shot. I, and they, they, you know, calculate aggressive percentage by, of course, Drew Brees and Teddy are right next to each other. They're uh-huh. separated by a 10th of a point. So, you know, that was that was who I was going to say, like him, maybe like Big Ben or something. Yeah, and you know, a lot of else. believe it or not, a, a lot of bad quarterbacks are like in the higher aggressive range. Like most of the people on this chart that are like most aggressive were not full time starters. Um, hmm. But like you know, th- this changes the year went on because at one point Teddy was the lowest of full time starters, and the Teddy's aggressive went up. At this, when I pointed it out, he was in the nines. He's actually in the we finished at twelve point two percent of the time. Um, so, like, like I said, this isn't the end-all, be-all stat considering some of the quarterbacks that are less aggressive than him. But, like, there's a clear difference between how they 
uh, yeah, it, had like, I, produced versus him. And I, I think part of it has to do with like, um, I mean, deep, deep balls. Like it's easier to get three yards of separation on a deep ball than it is to get one yard of separation on a short route. And then that one mm-hmm. yard of separation is going to be considered aggressive versus the three yard separation way deep, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously there's probably like context behind those three guys being that low, right? Like, oh yeah. One. I mean, Tyreek Hill is probably running wide the hell open half the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and they, yeah. They, they do those shovel passes all the time, things like that. Yeah, And yeah, then, yeah. you know, like, a different thing to point out with this is so, like, Teddy, he's right by them in aggressive percentage, but he uh, he's, like, way lower than them on the his average yards to the sticks that he throws. So, like, aggressiveness isn't just judged by, like, tight window throws. You know, like, I think we also can look at, like, you know, like, Russ was, like, Average yards of the sticks was zero. So that means on mm-hmm. average, the passes he threw was um like right at the – like where the down and distance would be. Like Teddy was in almost negative two, you know. Drew Brees yeah. – and Drew Brees is really the only guy I see that that was like even lower um, other than Jimmy G. So it's like, you know, I mean, you, you can combine aggressiveness more multiple ways. But like end all be all, like Teddy just isn't aggressive enough. Yeah. Well, there's also that one stat that we saw come up like last week, or it was like deep passes on target percentage plus the completion percentage. Remember that one with like the black and the red bars? And yeah. Teddy was like down here at the bottom with like maybe like 43, 44% completion percentage, but then like the on target percentage was only just like a percentage higher, which was like mm-hmm. the lowest in the league. And it's like he was making a lot of throws at the end of the season where it was like DJ and Curtis were just like making incredible catches like every single game it seemed like and i remember sitting here watching and i'm like dude like how is this guy just getting away with this shit <laughs> like horrible <laughs> ass and somehow being caught like it was insane definitely um yeah i mean it it was it was a lot like oh what game was it it was like you might like where he started off like yeah like, like we we're talking about like he started off like wow like seven for seven or something and he was just terrible like, oh yeah. Just, uh-huh. Like well, I don't remember what game it was, but he started off like seven for seven, and every single throw was just an awful throw. Like, yeah, I don't remember which game either, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember <laughs> saying like, like, this is like the worst seven 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 for seven start of all time. <laughs> he was, he was like, like seven for seven for like everybody. twenty yards. <laughs> it was horrible, but I don't know. I mean, but it's again, it's, you know, it's not anything too crazy. I think like that last quarter of the season was probably like. Like, he was just straight up playing bad football, which, you know, I feel like me and you both were kind of saying at the beginning of the season that we will probably never see him go out there and just straight up stink the joint up. But, like, we definitely saw that towards the tail end of the season for sure. Like, he was he was bad in some games. Like, bad, bad. Yeah, and, like, I will, like, you know, credit Teddy. He's just good enough to where he will avoid those, like, Nathan Peterman outings or, mm-hmm. hell, even, like, a – like, he's not going to have, like, Brandon Allen had one of these. I just off the top of my head for the Bengals. Um, he's not going to have, like, a six for 20, like, 22 passing performance. You know what I mean? Like, he's just good enough to where he's going to avoid those absolutely disastrous box score performances. But um, when you look a little deeper, like, there's plenty of performances that just weren't good. Yeah, for real. And, yes. But, yeah, I mean, I don't – I don't know. I mean, he's a good guy. He has his children's books. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, like he, he truly is a good individual. But I don't, I think, I do, I don't think he did a great job with accountability. 
Um, no. When it came to accountability, even like leadership to an extent, I, it almost seemed like him and Rule were like taking cheap shots at each other. Is this? Yeah, that was weird. I feel like we we never had that. We never had a podcast when that was happening, but that was definitely a weird time. It, it was just odd, and I do want, I'd I'd love to hear, especially if like Teddy ends up like being gone at some point, or you know, we get you know years from now, kind of just what was like. Was there really something to that? Like, were they really taking cheap shots? Did it just appear that way? Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think there was one time, like, Teddy said something after the game. Then Monday, he basically went – he said the opposite of what he said on Sunday. And it really feels like, like, Rule really, like, laid into him at some point. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we can't do that shit. Yeah. No, it was, it was strange. But the accountability thing was pretty surprising because, I mean, we all say that, you know, good guy, you know, he drives a minivan, whatever. But then it's like <laughs> – we're talking about like, yeah, like what happened on that pass to DJ and like where he obviously makes a bad pass and almost tears DJ's ACL or whatever the hell happened. You know, he's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, coaching, like, you know, just nobody was bare. Like, we got to be better on that. It's like, dude, you just missed the throw. Like, just say that. Like, no one's yeah. going to kill you for that. But I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely kind of kind of got – it's kind of got weird as the season went mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, at the end of the season, they're asking, uh, you know, Tepper after Herney's firing, like, about quarterback. And, you know, Tepper has, like, zero commitment towards Teddy, which, I mean, for one, like, I guess, like, shouldn't be too surprising considering, you know, zero commitment towards Cam last year. So, like, why after watching this season would he have, you know, commitment towards Teddy? But, I don't know, just, just strange, you know. Then they go out and they immediately try to bring in Haskins. So, it's like, you know. You're not bringing in Haskins for just to be like, oh, man, he could be a pretty good backup. Like, that's not why you're bringing him in. <laughs> so, no. I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious what's going on. Definitely, definitely. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a whole for the offense, I mean, we can grade them. I would probably say C minus hard carry by the receivers and Taylor Moten. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we didn't see the last of Curtis in a jersey, but hope and hopefully we did see the last of Teddy. Well, it'll be the last <laughs> of him in a jersey. Hopefully the next time we see him, he's like got like a cute little headset on. Yeah, like a clipboard, clipboard in hand. Yeah, I guess uh, what know, season? I guess that's you know we don't want to berate Teddy too much. Um, kind of move forward to like the off season as a whole. Just kind of mm-hmm. talk about a couple last things. I, I guess mainly the draft and free agency would be. Really, the last two things we talk about because we probably won't wouldn't do like another podcast till after the draft. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, we can see what happens. Maybe we do like a free agency thing or a draft thing. Yeah, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You never know. But um, we can just do like a little wish list, I guess. I kind of jotted that down. But I think obviously for free agency, you know, borrowing money. I mean, you know, we talked about this already. But first thing first, take care of Taylor Moten. If for some reason you can't take care of Taylor Moten. Take care of Curtis Samuel. If you can take care of both, please do that. And then I would say fill those holes on the offensive line and call it a day, right? Yeah, I mean, because like we're saying, like if they're if they're if the official team page is tweeting out articles about like letting fans know ahead of time, basically preparing us that we might not keep them, um, that tells me they fill money's tight, and so it's like. How much can I even wish for in free agency? Try to mm-hmm. fill the offensive line holes. Um, 
with like not former big name guys that got injured and you're hoping are good again. Cough, cough, Matt Paradise, cough, cough, Russell Okung. <laughs> um, like, they couldn't be more subtle than that. But like, you know, try to fill some holes there. Check with DB. Check with, like, you know, the DBs, you know. Maybe someone hops on the market that you feel okay about. You know, I thought even yeah, Russell Douglas was okay. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I guess that's really all they can do. Like, clearly if they're like I said, literally, like, basically telling fans without telling fans from their official page, be prepared. We're probably not going to have both of these guys. You know, both will probably mm-hmm. have one. Um, probably tells me they don't feel like they have money to spend. So I wouldn't expect too much free agency-wise. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to be a lackluster free agency. We'll probably get, like, just a couple guys and some people you've never heard of before. Uh, the big money is going to come in the draft. And judging on who we bring in at GM, I feel like is going to be, you know, all telling. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, as we've already said, quarterback is the, the hope in the first round. Left tackle. Yeah. Probably some DBs, you know, yeah, corner, climbing, whatever. Corner for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's how I, I have mean, it. That, you know, quarterback and then I'll say like Patrick Surian or Caleb Farley at the two yep. corners if you don't get either of them. If not, don't do anything stupid. Just trade back. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I mean, I feel like chances are – It'd be very, it very low chance that we don't get a quarterback, and we can't get one of them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because that would require right. six of the top eight picks to be that, right? Like if yeah. we assume there's four quarterbacks, we're comfortable taking at eight, and then two corners. Um, I I, I don't see that happening because one Sewell is obviously going to be gone. The receivers, and then and then you'd assume Devonta at the least, if not Jamar. And yep. if not Parsons, mm-hmm. so yeah, like man, we'll be fine. All those guys that I just named will probably be on on the board, but you know, mm-hmm. crazy shit happens. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. And yeah, like the whole thing with quarterback because the biggest pushback on people being like, we gotta have a quarterback. Like we're all saying, like that's the top choices. Well, that's not the worst position we're at, and they're tr- they're right. But like the point mm-hmm. I always try to get across, and it's hard with two hundred and eighty characters on Twitter, or to just get it across over text is. If, hmm, let's put it like this. If I have a five out of 10 quarterback and I go to a seven out of 10 quarterback versus having a two out of 10 corner and I go to a seven out of 10 corner, it is more impactful for the team to slightly get better at quarterback than it is for the team to get significantly better almost anywhere else. Yep. Especially when you already have a good D line and hopefully you keep your franchise tackle, you know, like tackle and edge rusher. I will debate. I will entertain a debate about like value. Um, but besides that, like I would rather, I'm trying to think of like a player. I I'd rather go from, Teddy to who, who he thinks like it above average, like a, a pretty good quarter, like uh, maybe not Ryan Tannehill like um, Stafford or something. I would rather go from Teddy to Stafford than I would go from Daryl. Then I would go from uh, Daryl Williams to Joe Thomas. And I'm dead serious about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 or or maybe not Joe Thomas. Like that's I mean, kind of an. an I mean, that might be a stretch, like, but <laughs> that, 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 
that's a, an obnoxious like example. Like who's yeah. a great left tackle now? Um, like, I think. I mean, oh, I oh, 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 Shorts, Mitchell Shorts. There we go. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. I'd rather go from like Teddy to Stafford than Remmers or Matt Khalil to Mitchell Shorts. Right, mm-hmm. like I don't want to be too extreme, but like all in all, you get my point. Like going from okay, like good to great at quarterbacks more impactful than going from meh to good at like any other position. Yeah, anywhere else. <clears throat> and that's not to say other positions like you shouldn't worry about, but like even if quarterback isn't your biggest issue from in a vacuum, you got to look at it relative to positional value. Yeah. Then I feel like you know that matters. We're both big believers of positional value. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, so, I guess that's about it. Yeah, really. I guess we can talk about like a, just a couple quick draft scenarios. Um, you know, I think our all of our board, like we're not going to get Trevor. Um, you know, Fields and Wilson, they both feel unlikely. Wilson feels a little more likely than Fields. I still think Fields firmly believe he's going to go number two. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because of that Clemson performance. Partly because I just think he's going to go two. Especially if EB gets the Jets job, um, yeah. It, it, knowing, you know, I don't think they're the same player, but knowing how much he really wanted to work with Cam, I would assume he'd probably feel similarly about wanting to work with Fields. Mm-hmm. I would, I would agree. I have Fields slotted in it too, um, until the Jets prove otherwise that they're keeping Sam Darnold. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So w- w- Wilson, you know, we we may even have to. I wouldn't mind trading up if it's for Fields and Wilson. We talked about this yesterday. With uh, Dylan, I don't want to trade up and then take Lance. And that's not to say I think Lance isn't going to be good. I would love him at eight if that's our option. But mm-hmm. like, if we're going to trade up, like I think Fields and Wilson can start next year. I definitely don't think Lance can, especially after a year off. Yeah, yeah. Lance is definitely a weird one. But, I mean, again, this is, you know, we're kind of contractually tied to Teddy. So if you want to let him ride his sticks until the bye week or until he goes 0-4 or something like that and throw Lance in, like, you know, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I I don't think all four of those guys are going to be gone, though, before we're picking an eight. I highly doubt that. I don't, I don't think so. A couple of those maybe quarterback teams are surely not going to take a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we'll learn a lot going in. Like, will Atlanta take a quarterback? Will Detroit take a quarterback? Is Miami really not feeling too, uh, you know, things of that nature? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I highly doubt it was going to be three for three on those, right? Like, you'll probably get one of those teams take quarterback and, mm-hmm. you know, Lance yeah, will be sitting there or whoever. Also, yeah, we, you know, we got to watch out for, um, you know, I, I will say, I'm sure you saw the interview with uh, Zach Wilson. He was talking about how much he likes and thinks he'd fit in Joe Brady's offense. You know, I mean, he said in Carolina, but pretty clear he's also talking about Joe Brady. Yeah. Um, I would love for Joe Brady to not go to Atlanta or one of those teams drafting ahead of us and, like, make that connection even more likely to happen. Like, if he stayed in Carolina, like, I would love for, like, one less team to be able – like, I I hope they're like, fuck it, let's run it back with Matt Ryan. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. praying they say that. I'm praying the Lions are like, let's run it back with Stafford. (laughs) Like, Yeah, yeah, same. Um, You know, I kind of feel like maybe they should. I feel like the Lions definitely should. I mean, Falcons should probably start to think about moving on, honestly. But I feel like the Lions may give staff another go of things. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll we'll see. Cause it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll hit that up next week when we release that. But 
Yeah, I mean, it comes down to contract things. Like, I will say, one between the lines on the Falcons, the Falcon, Matt Ryan, I believe he's a little more tied into that contract situation than the Lions are with Stafford. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think Stafford is going into the last year of his deal. Hmm. I don't know. If if not, it's the second to last, which there's normally an out on the second to last as well of a five year deal. Um I so I, I, I don't know. I can't I can't say it off the top of my head. I haven't checked a spot spot track. Yeah, well like when it all comes down to it's gonna be like, you know, is this guy we're drafting gonna be better than Stafford is right now? And like for them that'll probably be what, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance at that point. Mm-hmm. More than likely Trey Lance, and like I would probably say no. So, you know, build somewhere else, yeah. tackle the tackle the task next year, whatever. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not opposed. I'm not like all bets are off like against the trade up, but um, if we if we also miss out on QB in the draft, um, I hope they at least kick the tires on Jameis a little bit. Hmm. Once again, really the only free agent I'd be like fine bringing in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Jameis. Um, a lot of people wouldn't, but <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't. yeah, it'd be okay. Imagine like we signed Haskins, we bring in Jameis. Like, oh my god, imagine that quarterback <laughs> room. Yeah, that'd be that'd, that'd be, be a lot. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you all right? You ready to call it? Yeah, I mean, I think we recapped just about everything we could. You know, we. We, we didn't get into our like our Pat's pod segment, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> the Pat's segment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fine. So that's fine. To though. be to be determined. <laughs> 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 All we can say there. But um, yeah, yeah I mean that was beginning at Hernie's um, episode. What is that? Twelve? Who even knows at that point? It's end of season review. Next time we come back, we might have a different podcast name. We can Quasies, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> For now, follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets uh, underscore and at Chase Fletcher 4. And um, we'll catch you all in agency, draft time, who knows? So until yeah. then, peace. Yeah, see y'all later.